Welcome, one and all, to the first episode of this 2022 season for the Killaloo Music Festival podcast, now the SCS Killaloo Music Festival. Um, it is a really great pleasure to welcome you all back after quite a long spell of silence, um, but we're very much back up and running again for this year's festival to make it a wonderful feast, as always, of music in the beautiful setting of St. Flannan's Cathedral in Killaloo. Um, this is going to be... Um, uh, an interesting episode. Um, I hope uh, I find it interesting anyway. Um, there will be no discussion about the music for the first one. This is, I feel, just a very introductory kind of thing. Um, so I've pulled together three people. I've managed to sit down and chat with all of them. Um, first, we will hear from Trish Taylor Thompson, who is the chair of the Killaloo Music Festival. After that, you will hear from Shirley Walsh, the CEO of Shannon Coiled Springs, our latest sponsor to hop onto the KMF train. And finally, you'll hear from Artistic Director Catherine Hunka about her vision for this year's programme. So, without further ado, here is Trish Taylor-Thompson giving us a very comprehensive overview of what we can expect this year. I'm joined now by Festival Chair Trish Taylor-Thompson. Trish, how are you? I'm great, thanks, Carl. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. It's wonderful to have you back. Um, I realised last time, in last festival, even in the last podcast episodes that we made together, it was very much based around a festival during the pandemic. We didn't talk very much about a festival itself, what a festival actually is, what it entails. So could you maybe tell us a bit about your job? What, is, what do you do in the festival? What's your role? Absolutely, and we're so glad to be putting 2021 behind us because it was such a challenge during the pandemic. So ultimately, my role in coordinating the festival is, A, I have a wonderful team alongside me, the committee, who are all volunteers, and they each, um, I guess, enhance everything that has to be done. So I have a wonderful girl, Danica, Farron and she when I say girl she'll kill me for saying girl but she is the most youthful older person I know and she is involved in the coordination of where the musicians will stay flights accommodation eating you name it she's kind of working out all the logistics then of course our treasurer has to make sure that we remain constantly within our budget which of course is always uh, quite important and after that, I suppose my main role as chair is to facilitate all the logistics of how the festival happens. So making sure that Catherine Hunker, our artistic director, is happy. And we, ha- we really spend a whole year planning each festival. So as soon as the last festival last year finished, we took about two or three weeks break. And then we thought, OK, we better get cracking now for 2022. And again, praying that COVID would be a little less harsh and this year, Touchwood, it looks like everything is going to go live, which is really fantastic. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. So, you know, the role of chair, I suppose, my experience through having worked in lyric, my experience of musicians and music and repertoire, 
and coordination. It all kind of comes together in one, but all those supports have to be there with a wonderful committee, as I mentioned. We have fundraisers, we have a curator who organises the art in the, in the art festival. And then, you know, we try to expand each year and have different ideas around maybe fringe events. And this year we're delighted that the bell ringers for example, in St. Clement's Cathedral, are going to ring in each concert, which is, you know, another little novel idea just to draw attention to the whole festival as it expands and spans the whole weekend. So overall, you know, as I say, there's a whole year of planning that goes into it. And these next couple of months now are going to be extraordinary <laughs> as all these little pieces, all these little tendrils start coming together. Mm, that's a lovely idea with the bell ringers to maybe bring in the more local idea of the whole festival. Yes. And you see, the bells are hilarious because they bring out such a lovely message. More recently, there was a bar mitzvah held in the cathedral mm. and they played appropriate bar mitzvah music <laughs> and that really got people in the street just stopping in their tracks saying oh my goodness where is that music coming from and you could be on the other side of the river Shannon over in Ballina and if there's a rugby match or a football match on you'll hear the fields of Athen Rye or you'll hear an anthem and it's all coming from the beautiful St. Clannan's Cathedral so it is an epic moment yeah. in the festival to have that little fringe event we're also going to have a lovely poetry uh, writers workshop with the uh -huh. poet Dr Jessica Brown. She's going to facilitate that. So all these little ideas just to enhance what's going to be a very exciting festival anyway, but just to make sure that different people's interests can be explored over the weekend. Absolutely. Um, so the last time we spoke to you was directly after the last festival, after Festival 21, in which both you and artistic director Catherine were very much at your end. You were exhausted, um, but you were also blissfully happy with how it went. We were um, all consider all things considered, of course. Yeah. Um, in the weeks and months following that, did that kind of become apparent that it had been a massive success? Yes, I think you know because it was all so new. That whole idea of working through the digital world—it was a very, very strong, sharp learning curve for all of us. I think we were just so relieved that it had the same appeal because people were still starved for something cultural, some event that they could actually hone in on and tune into in the comfort of their own homes. And I know for a fact that, you know, people got together, set up their lovely three course meal, had their wine, had their whatever, just to make an event out of it. So I suppose we were imagining that there were all these little pockets of mini, mini, mini festivals in homes throughout that period, which was very endearing and very encouraging in that if we had to do it again, at least, you know, we could. So I suppose full credit has to go to the production company, the wonderful Dara Flynn and the Munster Media, because without him, I'm not sure it would have worked. So with all his experience and know-how, we were able to hand over that very, very important element of how the festival had to be. Uh, to Dara and he just did a magnificent job and then the musicians were able to relax they were able to perform they were able to you know bring us their music in, in the best possible way given the circumstances and we still had the magic we just didn't have the physical audience so the audience were the committee members who were making sure all the Covid restrictions were adhered to but everything still had that magic which I think really helped in 
making us want to go on and continue and do something for 2022. Absolutely. Um, so now moving away from last year, of course, because we're looking forward now to Festival 22, the 10th annual festival. It's a big, big number. Um, how's it been going so far with the festival planning and where are you at now? Kind of. Yes. So a lot of the logistics are in place. I mentioned Danica earlier. Uh, she seems to be on top of everything. She's one of these people who um, is great at setting up schedules. And she just produces all these schedules and everything looks as if it's going to just work magically and invariably it does. So at the moment, um, we'll start having two committee meetings per month, you know, just closer to the time we need to be really on top of things. Just getting some of the fringe festival items pinned down. So for example, we will have the musicologist Michael Murphy, he's going to do a couple of talks for us. And interestingly, the programme this year is designed around the viola. And one of the uh, young artists, Kevin O'Loughlin, is going to be our rising star at the coffee concert. So just in advance of that concert on the Saturday morning at 11, we're going to ask Michael Murphy to do a talk on the viola. And interestingly, a lot of composers choose the viola and we're not quite sure why, so we're hoping that Michael will answer that question for us. So where are we now? We're on the brink of everything, I suppose, coming together. Everything is in place, and some of the nerves are beginning to rise, hoping that there won't be any blips. Uh, there's always the, I suppose, scary bit that somebody will come down with COVID and so on. So, you know, we have to have contingency plans uh, along that line. But as far as the schedule goes, it's all in place. The rehearsal schedules are in place. And we're very, very fortunate this year to have gained a sponsor. So um, the SCS, it's now, our festival is now going to be called the SCS Killaloo Music Festival. So Shannon Cold Springs have very fortunately come along and they're going to support us for the next three years. And I know that a little bit later on, you'll be speaking to the CEO. That's absolutely the lovely right. Yes. Shirley Walsh, so she'll be able to expand. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and so was this festival planned with COVID in mind? I mean, were you assuming um, that it would be online again? Or were you thinking, let's go full ahead, let's try and get it back in person? We really hoped against hope that we could go in person. And we thought... You see, the Arts Council very kindly offered a capacity building grant last year, which gave us great supports to be digital. And towards the end of last year, we just thought, you know what, we've got to really try desperately hard to put all our, you know, eggs in one basket, so to speak, and storm the heavens and just hope that we can go live. So touch wood, that's how it's going to be for now. Um, as I say, our production company will be you know willing ready and able if we do have to go digital but the intention is is that we go for a fully live performance for the duration of the weekend fantastic that's so very exciting um and finally is there anything that you are looking forward to in particular about this weekend is something is there something that sticks out that you're really gosh well, i know it's a tough question it is a very tough question and i suppose i'd have to go to the grand finale <laughs> because we're going to have the felix mendelssohn octet in e flat major and that's just a sublime piece of music and of course we'll have jakob jakovitz we'll have diane daly who'd be a very familiar name she takes great care mm. of the children on the mm. sunday afternoon concert with shun mill and then of course uh, catherine so they're all the violinists for the octet 
and then Yuval Gotlibovich, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. He's, of course, uh, featuring throughout the, the weekend, Andrew uh, Joachim River on uh, violas, Christian Elliott, and then Ethan Nikakliak on cello. So that's, to me, going to be the pinnacle of the final shebang at the end of it all. But also, I suppose I'm particularly looking forward to our premiere with uh, Murrock Connolly's piece for two violins with Catherine and Diane. I think that's going to be a really interesting piece on the Sunday evening. And I think Catherine Lissi is great. She's introduced a number of female composers who, again, you know, it's just giving women a voice. Um, Rebecca Clark is going to be featured in Clara Schumann. So, you know, without, without just picking the Mendelssohn Octet for the grand finale, I think there are a lot of little snippets throughout that will be hugely enjoyable, along with Kathleen Turner for our late night on the Friday night. So all in all, an awful lot to look forward to. Absolutely. Well, thank you very, very much for talking to us, Trish. And I'd say we'll get you back here again before the, the whole time period of the festival is out. Thank you so much, Carl. Let's just hope that we can go live. <laughs> A huge thank you once again to Trish Taylor-Thompson for that incredibly comprehensive overview of this year's festival and thanks again for taking time out of her day to do that. I have no doubt we'll have her back onto the podcast again before the season is out. Okay, moving swiftly on, now we come to Shirley Walsh, who, as I already mentioned, is the CEO of SCS, Shannon Coiled Springs. Um, and here we learn why, in the first place, SCS has agreed to hop onto the KMF bandwagon. So, here she is. Shirley Walsh, CEO of SCS. I'm joined now by Shirley Walsh, who is the CEO of Shannon Coiled Springs, and SCS have recently joined the Killaloo Music Festival as one of our sponsors. Um, Shirley, first of all, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Uh, you're welcome, Carl. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, I wondered if I might just um, start with maybe something about yourself. Can you maybe tell us a bit about yourself? Um, I suppose I'm from Limerick, born mm -hmm. and reared, and I have a company in Limerick called Shannon Coil Springs, and we make springs for the industri industrial, but mostly the medical device sector and aerospace. Um, I'm the CEO of the company. Um, we employ 40 people, and um, I love what I do. So um, I was actually very happy through John Horgan, mm -hmm. who introduced me to the Killaloo Festival, um to sponsor the festival because it's something completely new for me so yes yeah no i mean we yeah. all owe a huge debt to john horgan for helping us set this up um with you guys um could you would you mind telling me maybe what your basis for agreeing to sponsor this festival was in the first place uh what compa compelled you to do that i suppose probably because it was a local um a local thing to sponsor um for me, it was something that was, I love all genres of, of music. Mm -hmm. um, I've never really been exposed to chamber or orchestral music. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's something new. And um, I just, 
enjoyed the whole um, learning about it and just listening to the music and just expanding my own um, knowledge of of what this music is about, you know, and meeting the people that are involved with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you've, already, really you've, you've already mentioned your um, a bit of your experience with music, but could you maybe go a bit further into that? I mean, um, do you listen to much? If um, and what is it you listen to? And yeah, I, I listen to everything. Uh-huh. Um, I'm, I my children would uh, get very annoyed with me when I have Tiesto on the radio. Or <laughs> on, <laughs> they keep saying to me, "Mom, what are you listening to?" Yeah, um, I I love ABBA. I love mm-hmm. Andrea Bocelli. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I love listening to Richard Clayderman. So my my taste is very very broad. I don't have a particular. I just like what I like. It's not that I like a specific kind um, of thing. A specific, yeah, 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 you know. That's great. Um, so uh, in terms of actually this genre of music that this festival celebrates, I mean, you've mentioned it a little bit already, but um, um, is it something that's on your radio regularly or is it something that's new to it now? I'm completely new to it. Uh-huh. I have started to listen a little bit to Lyric FM uh-huh. um, just, to be, just to kind of broaden my knowledge. Um, I have attended um, a concert out in John Horrigan's house which yeah. was kind of an eye opener, um, but yeah, that's I'm really very new to it. I'm really learning, you know, as we go. But uh, I'm just enjoying the experience of it, you know. Yeah, of course. Um, and uh, so, are you maybe looking forward to hanging out with a bunch of musicians for a weekend? Well, that would be something new for me. Absolutely. So yeah. yes, I'm <laughs> really looking forward to it. I, I mean, I'm on the committee now for the yeah. festival, and they're a lovely bunch of ladies and. Um, I just enjoy their company and listening to them talk about past festivals and what they're planning for the future and that it's it's very exciting to be involved in something like that that's as I said completely new mm-hmm. and I'm always up for learning new things so yeah I'm enjoying it yeah that's fantastic um Shirley thank you so very much uh for taking the time out to speak to me um and we look forward to seeing you over the weekend great thank you very much Kurt, for having me thank you Thanks very, very much again, Shirley. And as I already mentioned, a huge debt of thanks has to go once again to SCS for their kind sponsorship and, of course, John Horgan, who managed to put this whole thing together. So thanks to to both of those parties. Okay, to the final part of the episode. Um, This is now, we've had the actual festival, we've had the sponsorship at the festival, and now we come to the actual, the, um, the content of the festival, so to speak, the music we will be hearing why it was chosen, and who better to talk to about that than our one and only artistic director, Catherine Hunka, whose job it is, of course, to choose this music. So, here is Catherine Hunka on this year's festival programme. I'm joined now by Catherine Hunker, our artistic director. Catherine, welcome back to the Festival po- Festival Podcast. How are you? Thank you. It's really good to be here. That's great. Um, so I just thought I might start with um, quite a simple question, because last year um, your interview was mostly about a festival during COVID, how you put that sort of thing on. Um, what is it exactly that you do? What's your role in the festival? Well... Of course, during the pandemic, the, my festival role was entirely different. Every musician's role was entirely different. 
to what it now is. But my role um, without the pandemic um, would be that I devise programmes which I think that people would like to hear and then invite the artists to come and play them, which is the biggest um, fun that you can yes. possibly imagine. And in actual fact, so right now, I'm, that I'm, to I'm talking to you before the Festival 22, I'm planning 23 and 24's festival because musicians get booked up. So, so my brain is a sort of a washing machine of pieces of music. And I have to be very careful today to talk to you about 22. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but what's very exciting is that 22 is going to be live, in person, with audience. That makes me giddy. Yes, I think that's a, quite a big selling point of this year. Um, so with that in mind, um, this year's programme, um, if you can take that out of your washing machine, um, <laughs> how did you start? Where do you start when you're putting a programme together? Well, I didn't take the pandemic into, into any sort of account, to be quite honest, because I think that this whole time has been about um, just hopefully next year it'll be okay. Hopefully next month it'll be okay. So I went gung-ho into plan planning something with intervals, with, um, with as much um, joy as possible. And, uh, and I suppose, um, when I, so when I go to plan a, to plan a festival, then the first thing I do is think about people that I might like to invite. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I would think about things that they might absolutely love to play. And I might take a thread from the year before. So the Schubert thread from 21 has sort of has woven its way a little bit into this year's programme because Christian Elliott is going to play the Arpeggioni Sonata, written for an instrument that, that he won't be playing. It's put, the Arpeggioni is played extremely rarely now. It's played on the cello. And I can imagine, can't imagine anybody more wonderful to play it than him. So it's, um, you go for the person before the piece. I think I do. I think I think I think I think about these wonderful musicians and what they might be most um, happy and comfortable doing. And the other thing I have to take into account is a mixture of different styles. Mm -hmm. There has to be in every programme a mixture of styles. So this year, to take this year as a perfect example, <laughs> <laughs> we've got um, viola player Yuval, Yuval Gottlipovich. I hope, hope I'm saying his name right. He, he might yes. have to correct me. Um, who is one hell of a character, and uh, he's going to he's going to entertain our audiences. And let me be clear, that is what we are there to do to entertain. Uh, he will be highly entertaining, and not only does he play the viola, he writes music himself. And he's written a sonata um, for left hand piano and a viola, which will be performed. And so for, to have him there playing his own music is immensely exciting, That's very and obviously. It, that that is for me a contemporary item in one of the evenings, um, and then I would, and then I wanted to have a singer this year, and I invited Sharon Carty to come. And Sharon has the most caramel voice. It sort of it has an, a sort of a quality about it that I, I I can't put into words other than to say caramel. And she's going to sing Schubert songs because she recently brought out a disc of Schubert. So for her to to bring those pieces that she worked so intimately with to the Killaloo Festival is exciting. And she is a beautiful Baroque singer. So she's going to open the festival with a few of us accompanying her with Bach and Handel arias. So it's sort of, it's building the most beautiful thing around the most beautiful people. Mm. 
Yes, wonderful. Um, and so you've spoken about a couple of elements that are coming into the festival this year, such as the singer Sharon and Yuval and other things. Um, is there anything you're like really excited for? Something that like is sticking out? God, you know, something I'm actually extremely excited about is something that I'm not in. Because um, the viola is, it's a bit of a viola fest this year. And I'm a big fan of the instrument. I do play the viola, although I, I stick to the fiddle because I th- because that's what I do. But I love to play the viola. But um, I really wanted to, with Yuval there, I wanted to make a feature of the wonderful viola players we have um, here in Killaloo. Joachim is here. Mm-hmm. And Kian O'Doul. Mm-hmm. And our young artist, Kevin O'Loughlin. So there's actually a piece which is rarely played because it's rare to have four fabulous viola players together by York Bowen called Fantasia. And that's going to be performed at the end of the young artist's concert and it's going to be sublime. And uh, other things I'm excited about. I am ce- I'm celebrating the women composers who weren't heard enough. There was Clara Schumann, I'm terrifically... I'm terrifically mad about Clara Schumann. She was married to Robert Schumann, who was a huge, huge name and still is a huge name. And she slightly had to hide behind that because of the times they lived in. And she taught, she composed, she played. She was extremely famous in her own right, but not remotely as famous as she should have been or would be if she was alive today. And her piano trio is such a beautiful piece of music. And so three of our performers will will play that. And Rebecca Clark is another person who in her own lifetime was not recognised and recognised enough for her stunning music. And then we have composers who are very much alive and kicking. <laughs> Fantastic. So we've heard a lot about the um, the perks of your job, that you get to choose, your, you choose, you choose what you want. Yes. Um, and what you think others might want. Um, is there anything that may, might make this job a bit less appealing? Are there some things that maybe like maybe tough decisions or something that might inflict a, a little bit of something on this job that might make it a bit harder. Yeah, well, if the, the tough part of this job is that um, obviously you can't have everybody mm-hmm. that you want. I do have a budget. Mm-hmm. But I should mention that Shannon Coyle Springs, being our new sponsors, has has changed things for me like night and day that our budget is a bit bigger than it was. Mm-hmm. And that means more... Uh, more of a feast. I can put on more of a feast for our guests and I see it very much like hosting an event and I want people that come to the festival to just to have the most delightful time. So so I suppose that the slight stress for me is always wanting to make sure that, that everything is exactly as it should be for people that come to enjoy what we what we have. And so for you now, is there anything left for you to do for 2022 or are you completely in 23 and 24? Is there anything that you still need to work on for this year's festival? So the, so um, what I will be doing between now and the actual festival itself is lots of, it's all the little nitty gritty things like um, I made a rehearsal plan, but things change all the time. Mm-hmm. Humans have things happen that mean we need to change plans. So it's more that, but the committee that I work with I cannot tell you. In fact, I'm meeting Danica, who is who is one of the m- absolutely remarkable committee members. Like with with minds like that, uh, everything is going to be fine. When people are spotting the tiny little problems um, along the way, I feel a lot of support. Hmm. 
So, so really, the best thing I could be doing now is probably practicing my violin. <laughs> yes. Um, and so one final look back to last year, because we last spoke to you straight after the final concert. Um, it was the end of the festival and you, you and Trish, you gave us a quick rundown of how you think it went. Um, so in the weeks, the days after that, or even the months after that, did you, did the, do you think the online output was enough? Do you think it worked? Do you think you reached people? Do you know, I, I didn't know at the time would have been the answer, if you'd asked me even a month after, but I've had some absolutely amazing conversations with people who watch those concerts and wouldn't have usually come and are saying that they're coming to the festival this year because they so enjoyed the online. Isn't that incredible? That's really amazing. Yeah, so it means that there was absolutely a, a point to it. When you're playing to an empty room and there's just a camera, you um, can it can feel a little bit of a, of a it can feel a little bit of an anticlimax, I suppose. But I've discovered since that a lot of people tuned into those concerts and really enjoyed them. So I'm looking forward to new making new friends at this festival because of our online. Yes, fantastic. Thank you very, very much for speaking and we look forward to seeing this marvellous programme take form. Thanks, Carl. Thanks once again to Catherine Honka and our other two guests for making this a really wonderful first episode, a proper intro to the whole festival mood and idea that we're striving for in 2022. Incredibly exciting, of course, that we're getting back to live audiences. So don't forget to get your tickets. They're now available at www.killaloomusicfestival.com. Of course, don't forget to check out our um, social media handles, um, all of which can be found in the podcast, podcast biography. Um, they are things like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, and I will, of course, be releasing very shortly the festival playlist, um, uh, something I tried last year, which deemed quite a success, um, where in the podcast biography will be a Spotify link, which links to a playlist. And in this playlist are all the pieces that will be performed in this year's festival. So look out for that. That's coming very soon. Um, in the meantime, um, it'll be another week now until the next episode, Friday the April the 1st. Um, and in this episode, my special guest will be Sophia Rahman. Sophia Rahman is our pianist in this year's festival, um, and she'll be playing a wide variety of work. She's a truly wonderful musician, and I cannot wait to speak to her. Um, so, uh, and of course, we'll also be discussing music in that episode, um, in particular, the Piano Quartet by Foray and the Piano Trio by Clara Schumann. So, lots to look forward to, and I hope to see you back next week. Until then, goodbye.